Hi, James. Ben, how are you? I, well, I would say it's been a long time since we talked, but uh, we did actually talk last week. We um, didn't. No, we didn't just talk once. We talked twice. I know. I know. Uh, and uh, so this this was a uh, unfortunate un- unfortunate in many respects. So uh, we talked about the fact that Johnny Ive uh, is getting a quote unquote promotion. Um, and I, uh, articulated my position that I thought this was a, um, kind of the first step, the beginning of the end, I think is how I put it. Not the end to be, you know, three to five years maybe, but the beginning of the end, uh, and to which you objected. I think we had a good back and forth. I'm mm. not sure we changed each other's minds, but I think we, we, we really fleshed out, fleshed out the issue. Um, it was great. I mean, did, did, I, I think, uh, did, did you enjoy it? I very much enjoyed it. And I, because, because no one's heard it, we can pretend it was like the best episode ever. We can not only pretend it was the best episode ever. And then on the next day, news came out that, I don't know, somewhat kind of vindicated me. And then all of a sudden the recording stopped working. <laughs> That's not how it went down. <laughs> uh, what happened was Jeff Williams at Code sure seemed to suggest that Apple was working on a car. I still um, can't believe he said that. I just yeah. can't believe it. I mean, some people said he was joking, but that's not something you joke about, right? I mean, that is would have a material effect on the stock. Like you, you don't joke about that. I, I, um, it's and, just, it, it, and he just it just came out of nowhere, right? He, he was asked a question that was that was only tangentially connected, if at all. And then he 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 out of nowhere plucks. Well, the car is the ultimate mobile device, isn't it? Like. Apple people just don't say stuff like that. It just blew my mind. Right. But, but I mean, you have to remember Cook, you know, Cook said the watch, the wrist is interesting a few years ago. Right. And that is a precedent for an executive kind of suggesting, oh, by the way, here's what we're working on now. Right. Exactly. Um, and frankly, in the, 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 so what happened was, is I didn't want to release the podcast that basically, because I mean, that, that's, that totally changes my opinion. If that if if they're working on a car, um, it certainly strongly suggests he is stepping back from day to day managerial responsibilities so he can focus one hundred percent on the car. Yeah, right? it it puts all those the the series of events leading up to him kind of saying I'm I'm going to chief of design and handing off managerial responsibility to these other guys. It certainly it, it certainly is the missing piece in the context. Otherwise, I. I, I I totally get why why you could look at those string of announcements without that missing piece and think, oh, he's actually deciding to like he's had enough. He wants to go back to England or something. Right. No, not, not had enough. I mean, the guys. Well, I, I think that was so. So first off, the um, if they're working on a car, that changes my opinion. I think I was wrong. Uh, then you know he's staying around to to work on the car. So we had a follow up conversation where we discussed that, and then we we're going to release a podcast. That had the the first part, and then the second part where I said I was wrong and you were right, and uh, and I I did want to release it, I swear, but um, my apparently my thunderbolt display is breaking because uh, my microphone recording was completely garbled, and it was we just discovered just now that um, I had to plug into my computer directly. Mm. So Apple reaching down and interfering with us yeah. talking about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I wonder what happened to Jeff Williams' computer. Um, <laughs> It's 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 very unfortunate because I was just, I, I was going back and forth between getting another 13 inch MacBook Pro uh, or getting an iMac and then like getting the new MacBook for like travel and I decided to get 13 inch MacBook Pro. I mean I move around like daily, mm-hmm. so I, and I like having all my like not having to like I like having all my stuff in, in 
same place. Um, particularly if I'm writing off a bunch of windows open, I don't want to reopen them. Blah 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 blah. Uh, but now, if my Thunderbolt display breaks, I'm going to be uh, disappointed. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry. That was anyhow. So the, the the thing about Ive weaving, it wasn't just that he's done. It it was. I, I, what I thought was the most interesting part of the podcast was this idea that we've talked about. We've talked about in the context of the watch that uh, the importance of hardware uh, in some respects has has been maximized with the watch. Like the hardware is really important mm. because you're wearing it. But it's almost as if it's like the last hurrah, right? Because the, as the important – because the big weak point in the watch arguably is – it's intelligence, like it, its ability to display the right notification at the right time or its speech capability and how Google now uh, is in some respects uh, a stronger, at least theoretically, a stronger offering than Siri. And just kind of stepping back big picture is is this kind of like the, the, the sunset of hardware in some respects and the rise of these intelligent cloud services that now are in a risk, maybe future in an earpiece or, you know, have you seen her yet? Don't Ben. <laughs> um, and uh, I think it's funny, but apparently you don't. So oh, I no, I, I do find it funny. It's amusing. It's just <laughs> that was it got a, me I every mean, that, time. It's like a free hit every week. That was such a despondent don't Ben. I, I felt <laughs> bad. <laughs> I, I even loaded it on my laptop to take with me to Boston last week, but I just didn't have time to watch it. Uh, honestly, I, I, I cut through this hard heart. Um, anyhow, uh, so yeah, so it, it, it actually works out though, because, um, in the last week, uh, you know, Google had their IO conference, lots more of this sort of stuff. Um, so I, I, I guess we can, we could touch, we could touch on it again, but maybe more from a Google angle, which is probably more interesting anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think what they announced certainly, um, casts an interesting light on exactly that point. Um, that this this is this is like starting to tra- like as the interface gets smaller, as um, it becomes more important for intelligence. And this is something we touched on previously in a previous episode. But it's it's really bringing those alternatives to light, and that's what came up at I/O. And I, I, the other point that you made in the podcast that will now f- never see the light of day was that that if you may, maybe Apple acknowledges. Maybe Apple acknowledges this, but one area in which that they could move where hardware hasn't yet um, sunsetted is the car. Um, and I expressed a concern that um, actually, if you look into the future of the car, self-driving cars, perhaps people um, uh, diminished ownership uh, and and cars starting to look more like a utility than an owned good, then actually you, you kind of see the car heading off in the same direction Oh, that's probably a little ways off yet. Yeah, no, that, that's. It, it's, I'm glad you remembered to bring that bring that up because it was a great point. Uh, that, yeah, I mean, if if Apple's always been a computer company, right, a personal computer company, and that's where they've excelled in every big device that they've had. Um, again, the iPod is kind of the exception here, but it has been like uh, your computer, just ever more ever more personal. But yeah, if if the hardware aspect of that goes away. Then, then what else can they deliver? That's that's an integrated software hardware experience. And and right, the car makes sense, but big picture, where's the yeah, where's the car going? Right. Um, 
it starts to suggest that the actually the number of like you think about the future of the car, you think about the future of the watch, you think about the future of all these things, and it's almost like the problem space on which um, their unique set of expertises can be applied is actually starting to shrink. I, I think I, I mean I think that's the, that is, and I've been saying this from day one of Stratechery. That is the long, long run bear case for Apple. It's like what happens when hardware doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Like, and if you like, if you think about it in this respect, Google is the integrated company, right? They they're integrated, not hardware, software, but software. And by wow. software, I mean on the device, software cloud, yeah. right? Um, and it, everything they do is is with the uh, assumption that those two things work seamlessly together, mm. whereas. And- Apple's Sorry. more Apple's and and the hardware is kind of a tack on, right? Whereas Apple, it's the software and hardware is seamless, and the cloud at times tends to feel like a tack on. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if I was picking, it's interesting. So if I if I offered you the opportunity to start a company and expertise in two of those three areas as of today, which two would you pick? I, I mean, I was immediately going to say i'd pick the cloud software but but the one thing about hardware is is hardware makes money right yeah. differentiated hardware makes money and it makes money in a way that that software never has i mean obviously microsoft made a ton of money with software but where did they make most of that money they made most of that money through people buying computers mm-hmm. right buying hardware and then microsoft was was skimming off, you know, hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks on every one of those mm-hmm. computers. But it was still the the consumer behavior they were tapping into was the actual exchange of cash for a physical good. Right. Like that's that's such it just that's such a powerful behavior that we humans are used to doing and are okay with doing and are happy doing. Like I've just talked about dropping, considering dropping a few thousand dollars on a computer, right? Mm-hmm. And and. And meanwhile, I'm here twiddling my thumbs about, you know, do I want to pay X amount for X cloud, Y cloud service? No, t- totally. I, I, I do wonder, though, I, you know, that, that, that little disclaimer that um, comes along every time you want to speak to someone in financial services, past performance is no indication of future returns. And I, right. I wonder where, that, t- where that, that kind of pivot point if it's close or if it's ways away, or maybe it never happens. Maybe there's always this hardware element that we never get away from, but it does feel like it's creeping closer and closer. And what came out at Google I.O. certainly suggests it continues to creep closer and closer. Right. So Google I.O. was really, was really interesting. Um, I, I wrote, I wrote about it in the daily update. I would have, I, that, that was one of those, another kind of those like frustration pieces. Like, cause it, it was on a Thursday or Friday, it was on Thursday. So, my weekly free pieces on a Wednesday. Had it been a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, I would have, or a Monday or Tuesday, I would have made it my free piece of the week probably. Um, because I, I didn't get too much into specifics. I just thought the, the structure of the overall event was really interesting. And what I knew that is the first part was, was Android and Android where it was, and it was, it was terrible. Like it was all this derivative stuff. A lot of it was, was stuff that Apple had done. And yes, uh, to be super clear, uh, Apple copies Android, Android copies Apple, and I'm mm. 100% fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think good ideas are more discovered than invented. And like some, like 
should you should an app ask for permissions when it's installed or when it needs the when it needs the utility? Of course, it needs the utility, right? Should copy paste be a pop up bubble above the text? Of course, it should, right? Like, I mean, I'm not going to get on my high horse about this or vice versa. Um, but the 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 whole it just wasn't like there it, there wasn't anything going on, and and they, but there's there wasn't anything going on big picture, but there was all this stuff going on little picture, right? Just a smorgasbord. And, and what concerned me was that it opened with, with Sundar Pichai talking about how Google's big. We're big. We serve all these people. How do we do big stuff? And this, I, it it was felt like they were doing stuff because they were big and they ought to do stuff. That's what big companies do. And it felt a little Microsoftian, frankly, right? Mm. We're big and we're going to have our fingers in everything because we can. And we're big and we're the smartest and the best. And, and that, so the first hour I thought was really concerning. Mm. I mean, it's always start with why, right? And it sounds like big, big is a very bad why to start with. Right, exactly. But that was exactly the why that they had. Um, it, but it was amazing. Like there was, there was a, this dramatic break between hour one and, and hour two. And it was funny is, is it was Sundar Pichai again, and it's almost like it was a brand new keynote, right? You, you, a keynote, you get up and you do an introduction, you put it in context. This is why we're here. And he did that for the first hour and it was, we're big and it was very uninspiring. And then he gets to hour two and he basically starts over. It was so weird. Like he started at Google, um, uh, or hmm. what did he say? Uh, we want to talk about how we as Google are improving this year, blah, blah, blah. But to do that, we get to the core of what Google set out to do. Our core mission is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. And we've been doing that for a while. Talks about how search has evolved, about natural language, and like how they can and how they can use. It. Like he did an example of like which one of these is a, or what does a tree frog look like, and how it can interpret what he says. It can find pictures, and he had four pictures on the screen of four frogs that all looked almost identical, and and they identified that it was the third one. And he explained how they do this in machine learning and these neural networks and, and or deep neural nets and, and 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 it was super geeky and like and but it was it was Google right mm. it was it was what they do is what they're good at it was like what they were set on this earth to do like organize the world's information that's been what they've been from day one just like Apple has been there to be the, the computer for the rest of us, right? Google has been there to organize world's information. Microsoft was there to put a computer on every desk. Like there, that clarity of mission comes through so powerfully when a company delivers against it. And, and then Google did the Google now on tap where you can press a button within an app and get information out of it. They did the Google photos or get collect all your photos and organize them and stuff. And we can get to the potentially, creepy aspects of that. But the fact of the matter is it was super impressive. Mm. The utility was super obvious and Google's differentiation and advantage is so clearly massive. It's, you know, it's kind of, I, I, I watched or I read a little bit about it and the, the tree frog example and all the steps involved to, to be able to take, um, like show me what a tree frog looks like and then to understand that, to turn it into text, to understand that you're looking for images of a tree frog, to be able to search through images in the world and have um, AI kind of pick out a, 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 the correct kind of like a frog in the first place, but the correct species of frog and present that image to you. 
It's just like when you when and, you th- and, 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 and to do it in fractions of a second, right? It's just when you think about that, it's absolutely crazy. It, it's it's very very cool, and you're right. Like that speaks exactly to their mission, and it's where they it's where they do best. And 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 it's just like it, it's so compelling. I mean, because all the stuff we talked about with the watch, all the stuff we talked about, that's a risk factor for. Apple. It's all exactly this. And people are like, oh, oh, Apple has tons of money they can throw at this and they have more money than anyone. Did that, did that. It misses money, the point. It misses the point. Money money is money. Like that's not the gating factor. It's not mm-hmm. it's never the gating factor in in, in 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 software for the most part. And particularly something with this, the gating factor for Apple is at a very deep level. It's culture. Like the, 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 what we talk about Apple being great at being great at hardware, what's, what makes hardware so hard to ship? You have one shot, right? You have to deliver it and it has to be perfect. And if it's not, you, you have a, you have a recall, it hurts your brand. It's super, like it's, it's, it's deadly. And especially Apple, Apple has so much of their profits and revenue riding on this single device on one model of an iPhone every year. If ever one of, they had a problem, if ever one of those were bad or didn't deliver, like they would be in serious trouble. So the, everything about the company, the way they do things, the way they operate is focused on delivering as perfect a product as possible. It's funny you say culture. I was actually thinking of the 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 other side of the same coin, which is the business model. They make money off the hardware, so therefore that's what they focus on. And the idea, like they've never been able to deliver on, they've just never done a good job of delivering on services that 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 come after the hardware purchase has been delivered. And that's exactly what the, all these demos are, like cloud-based services that are just phenomenal. No, I, I, absolutely. I mean, what, what makes Apple so compelling and why we, why we talk about it, and people complain about this, like, oh, you're pushing Apple, blah, blah, blah. No, what, what is exciting is what happens when a company is perfectly aligned. Mm. You just nailed it. They have their business model. They have their internal culture. They have the market, the product. And it's all focused on like so. I, I've got I've talked about how Apple uh, Apple's focus and all all the stuff I've done about about how the user experience is so important in consumer markets and how that prevents them from being disrupted from the from from the low end. Mm. And uh, I did a piece just this, this, just this week the uh, the idea that actually on the internet where there's no where there's perfect competition like all things being equal because there's no cost of distribution there's there's no barriers uh, you have to win customers. And once you win customers, then you can impose like a new kind of scarcity, right? Because you own the customers. And so and I, this, all this built out of my thinking about Apple, right? We talked about Apple and, and Apple Pay and the, and the phone carriers and how because Apple owns the best customers, they get to dictate terms to all these different companies, right? Mm. All of this is intertwined. It's why Apple is such a force. Everything is aligned and focused in the same direction. When Apple says, we just want to build great products – it's admirable and it's also believable because mm. that's how they make money. Mm. They make money by building the best possible products that they can and everything flows out from that. The, the f- problem, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the flip side of this is uh, is Google is actually really well aligned around certain things. I mean, they're not well aligned on certain things like hardware because the culture doesn't fit, the business model doesn't fit. But then you start to think about things where it's cloud-based, where it is where it does reach everybody, where it's a, a, a product or a service. I mean, in the first hour, 
I I know that um, they talked about how like whether you're a, you're a kid in Africa or a professor in the leading research university, the the Google service is exactly the same. Doesn't matter uh, doesn't matter who you are, and that's based on the business model and the culture. And when when Google starts tackling problems like that, they are aligned and they are focused and they are believable in a way that very few other companies in the world are. No, exactly, exactly, and in stark contrast to Apple. I mean, because right. to go to go back to the do, what I was ta- when I talked about the hardware has to be perfect, right? You have one shot. Mm. That's the exact opposite of how you do cloud mm. services. Cloud services are about iteration, about about getting something out there, getting data, learning from the data. Like what we're talking about machine learning. What is what does machine learning depend on? It depends on tons and tons and tons of data. And to your point, that means they want to serve everyone. They want to serve everyone, not just for advertising needs, not just for for scale mm, needs to sprout their mm. costs, but because the more people that use Google services, the better Google services become. And you get into a virtuous cycle where you reach more people, you have better services, you have better services, you reach more people, you have reach more people, you have better services. And this is why I'm not, I don't get up my high horse about Google having an ad model. An ad model is the exact model they should have. It's perfectly aligned with what they do. What they do is they reach a lot of people. What do advertisers want to do? They want to reach a lot of people. It's, 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 just as we can get all starry-eyed about Apple's model being perfectly aligned and how that delivers great products, it's the same thing with Google. I'm happy for all those people who are getting their high horse about leaving Google services and using other stuff. I think you're nuts because Google search is still so far ahead of everything else. They're, all their other services continue to be fantastic. And you're being blind and ideological in my humble estimation mm. if you if you pretend that they're not i'm I, and, i'll come i'll come at you with a counter case later on but before i do th- that just think about what you described and how antithetical that is to what apple does so you started this off by saying people say apple has lots of money they can just do it but apple doesn't has lots of money because they don't want to reach everybody they want to deliver a great experience for those people who are willing to pay for the great experience by their very nature, they're excluding large percentages of the population, which preclude them forever from ever being as successful in the cloud space. A great point. They're not going to get nearly as much data for that exact reason. And more and more broadly, for for Apple, the the cloud is a means to sell more hardware, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a support function. And that filters through in all kinds of interesting ways. If you're a superstar, do you want to work on a support function? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Do you think that uh, where do you think that the internal praise in the company goes? Where do you think that the credit goes? Where do where where do the bonuses flow? Whatever bonuses exist at that level. It's all the people that worked on the watch or the phone that made it that made it happen. That got the supply chains working. That delivered the beautiful that delivered the beautiful end product. It's not going to be the cloud services. I mean, the only story I remember about the cloud services is that time that Steve Jobs publicly chewed out the poor. The poor guy who was leading iCloud when it all screwed up a couple of years back. <laughs> That's yeah, the well, only I mean, story I can remember. Oh, it, it's bad. I mean, like there's, there are, there. Are, I've heard it's gotten better recently, and I hope so. When I was there, they're running on old, like old Oracle databases, and like every team had to spin up their own, their own mm. setup. Like so, every product there was no like common like foundation to build on. Everything was siloed because you, it's secretive, right? You can't can't let anyone know what you're working on. And so it, it was. I'm, I, I've heard that's gotten better. They now have more of a common platform, which is great. But that's that's getting that's like being years behind, you know, what, what's happening at Google. And like the, the way to think about it for people who can't grasp what what 
uh, we're going to get angry email about this, but who can't grasp what we mean by saying Apple doesn't is is not capable of doing the cloud as well as Google. Why is it that Android is not as good as iOS? Why is it still jerky when you scroll? And why is the hardware experience not as good? Because that Android itself, and particularly the hardware, exists just to support Google's cloud, uh-huh. right? Google starts with the cloud, and Android is a support function. So, of course, it's not as good. Everything you said about Apple, like like who gets the bonuses and which don't you want to work on, it's funny because I was just thinking the exact opposite applies at Google. Like every like it's maps, it's search, it's all these things are the core functions. You want to go, you want to go work on the what's the name of the the reference platform that uh, uh, Google created for Android? What's their phone? The Nexus? Like nobody wants to go work on the Nexus. It's the Nexus. The Nexus inside of Google is like iCloud inside of Apple. This is like, this is where you go to take second stage in the company. Sorry to anyone who works on those products. I'm sure you're really smart, but it's just, you look at the culture and you look at the business model and, and that's, that's that's the incentives of the company. It's like they're all, almost perfectly diametrically opposed. Well, here's an example. I mean, there's <laughs> there's lots of uh, rumored reasons why Hugo Barrow left left Google. But when he was at Google, no one really knew who he was, uh, even though he was the one, to your point, who was in charge of, like, the Nexus phones. Now he's at Xiaomi, and he's a worldwide superstar. Like, mm. he's kind of doing the same thing, but what's the difference? He's at a company yeah. that is a hardware company, right? It, it, like, And you, you'd like to... Like money doesn't paper over this kind of stuff. Like we're all humans at the end of the day and incentives matter and all like how, how many times you have to hear about the importance of, of, of that money's not everything in your work. It's what you, you talked about this a few episodes ago. There's the sanitary, what was uh, it? The sanitary hi, hi, hygiene. Yeah. Hygiene. Sorry. <laughs> uh, there's the hygiene factors like money, but then there's the, what are the other ones? The uh, the in the um, motivators in t- typically more intrinsic in nature, right? Uh, so Apple sure can throw all kinds of hygienic motivations <laughs> at the cloud, but are are the motivators aligned behind the cloud? Well, if you're if you're someone who truly is passionate about um, about cloud stuff and you you are a really good player and you're thinking about going to Apple or you're thinking about going to Google. Now, unless you have a, a deep-hearted belief in those products that Apple makes, you'd be hard-pressed to like, well, like you just think about the kinds of things you'd be working on, which is the world-class, which is going to serve the most people, like in, and then in the same way, if you're like a, if you're the legendary hardware guy that's got this amazing experience, and you're thinking between Apple and Google, like you know which one you're going to go towards, right? No, exactly, exactly. So uh, um, I should say I, I got a little worked up there, and I called people deserting uh, Google. What, what did I say? Ideologues, and, ideologues, and blind. I think <laughs> yeah. uh, that that was that was a little over the top. I don't. They they're they're so. Probably, well, I'll put it this way. I think that uh, it is incorrect to state that other services are just as good at Google. That's that's my point. Uh, I, I do think there are reasons to leave Google, um, presumably around things like privacy and mm. advertising and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm a little calmer now, so I, I sh- want to make that clear. Hopefully, they, people just didn't turn it off. At we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get the 
angry email followed 10 minutes later by the, oh, you already apologized. Email. Yeah, yeah. No, I was actually I was actually looking forward to holding you to like anyone who abandons Google as an ideologue standard in the in the ensuing debate <laughs> that was about to come. But now you've backed down. So I won't be able to I won't be able to have quite as much fun with it. Well, it's interesting because um Tim Cook, uh, speaking yeah. of ty- speaking of tirades, uh, <laughs> uh nice. Tim Yeah, nice. thank you. Thank you. Very good. Uh, thank you. Uh, it, it, that was one of those ones where it was, it wasn't exquisite, so it was worth stopping and calling it out. It was kind of like <laughs> level below, um, so I'm not bothered. Uh, we we need to, we need like a mixtape of like the top ten segues. <laughs> yeah, you do a pretty good job with them. I'm impressed. Well, sometimes they're really corny though. They're, 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 there's 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 like the top ten, like the bottom ten. Um, yeah, so Tim Cook tirade uh, on privacy and advertising business models and. I think tirade is a very fair way to characterize it. Mm, I mean, I, I so I, okay, I maybe, only maybe read, not. I, I well, I I only read it. I didn't see how it was delivered, and I I feel like you you have to. It's not just what you say, but how you say it that that qualifies you for tirade status. So if you saw it and you felt he was he was talking about ideologues and people being blind, then maybe it maybe, it, <laughs> maybe, it, <laughs> uh, maybe fair it, point. Fair point. Uh, maybe it not, makes not, tirade status. I'm trying to make I try to make myself feel better, but yeah. no, you're right. I have, I have no excuse. No, no, I can't I can't uh lower Tim Cook to my level. <laughs> but no, it, it was it was interesting. And you know what? So he was talking about the issues with privacy and with advertise um advertising based business models and how more people very soon are gonna wake up to the fact, wake up, I think would have been his language, um, uh, to the fact that this is a bad thing. Um you know what was interesting to me about this, Ben, is that it's taken him this long to to actually use uh, that angle as a basis for which um, promoting Apple. Because what he's doing is he's reflecting something that's deeply embedded inside of Apple's business model. If you are if you are serving people based on selling hardware, if you are aiming for a great user experience. And that's where your incentives are aligned. And it's not, you haven't built a business around cloud and collecting data to provide services. Then you actually don't want to see any of the user's data. It's actually easier to hide it away. There's no value to you in having it. Um, and and the, the, the downside to that is obviously it's much harder for you to do things like Google Now. But the upside to that, quite obviously, is, is the privacy angle. And I'm just surprised, particularly given all the the stuff, the revelations around the NSA and Snowden and WikiLeaks over the past couple of years, that it's taken Cook this long to get to the point of actually pushing on this as a strategic advantage for Apple. It's interesting. They have mentioned it in passing. So I actually, back in 2013, I, I said that uh, this should be called a strategy credit mm. uh, in contrast to a strategy tax. Mm. You know, strategy tax is when you do a suboptimal um approach with a product because of larger corporate goals, right? Um, you know, Microsoft is, is very famous for all the strategy taxes they've traditionally incurred. Um, a strategy credit, on the other hand, I think I, I, at that time, there, that was when the, the Snowden stuff first came out. And Apple put out a statement saying, oh, there's certain kinds of information we don't provide because we don't even keep it. And it's like, and at that time, there's lots of like hand clapping in the Apple blogosphere saying, oh, Apple's so great and so wonderful, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, chill out, guys. Like, Sure, you can acknowledge they don't keep it, but they don't keep it because it has nothing to do with their business model, right? Right. 
Well, so I remember we had a, a debate a little while back around Facebook and how if Facebook's providing a great user experience, like what else is what else is there to be? Um, I mean, w- what else matters? And it's like, well, it's a great user experience while so long as you're using Facebook, but it doesn't necessarily, there is a difference in the Venn diagrams between user experience and user interests. And the thing that Apple has, at least when it comes to this stuff, is because of the way their business model is um, is built, at least when it comes to the topic of privacy, uh, their business model is much, means that the user experience and uh, what the, the user experience and the user's interests are much more closely aligned. So, yeah, it's part of yeah, it's part of the business model, but it's also inherently part of the. I mean, it's part of their value proposition as well to customers. That's the kind of thing you would expect. What's interesting though is Tim Cook is putting this forward as this is part of their values mm. period, and uh, I don't know. It makes me a little like. On one hand, it's like that's great. I'm glad that's part of your values, and uh, you know it's great to not have my personal information shared. On the other hand, it it, it irks a little bit because it just it's a little too convenient. You know what I mean? It's like like I got very annoyed at Google when when they were at their most belligerent um, with Andy Rubin and, and Vic Gudatra, like talking about being being open and freeing the the man from controlling us, referring to Apple. Right? Remember this? Like and. It was so annoying because they were doing the exact same thing. They're talking about being open and being free and we're available for everyone and no, we're not elitists and a closed garden, blah, blah, blah. That was their business model. You know, they were they were painting themselves as these, these patron saints of computing and technology and openness when it actually furthered their business goals. And Apple is kind of doing the same thing. Like we're we're awesome. We stand for privacy. We we were not like those nasty guys making lots of money, like scouting through your family photos. We're using for God knows what. Like that, I think that's almost an exact quote. Um, but it happens to be perfectly aligned with their business model, right? I just uh, the preachiness kind of gets to me, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you you can't be mad at Google a few years ago and not be not we see the similarity to what Apple's doing today. Oh, I agree. I, I just, it, it's it's funny if you go all the way back and it's a question of what causes what, right? Like, like I, I actually think that there are, there are deep beliefs inside the company or inside the foundings of these companies that actually align to these values that then cause the business models to emerge. Like you think about, you think about like, Google being a software company that's open with, uh, you know, like we're going to open this, like it's it's going to be everywhere versus Apple. It's like all about focused on a great user experience, like uh, building the best products in the world. Like you can, maybe I'll, um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it, it I, I, the rhetoric at the point at which it's got to probably wasn't part of the founding of the companies, but I'm sure there was some nascent seeds that relate to where we've got to as opposed to it's just being completely backed in. Is that uh, fair? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's definitely somewhere in the middle, um, but I think it's more, I mean, Apple, Steve Jobs wanted to make computers um, and and the way you, how did you, how, if you made a computer, what do you do with it? You sell it. Right. Boom. Mm. Apple's business model. Uh, Google wanted to index the world's information. Right. 
Mm. So you know you know everything, and you and, and which means you need lots of inputs, you need lots of people using it. So it has to be free. If you're free, mm. how do you monetize? You monetize with advertising. Boom, business model, right? And, and uh, everything after that is tactics. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's it's fair. I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm looking for something that's not there, or maybe I've just I've uh, like we've we've grown up around these companies as they've grown up, and we've seen it, and we just automatically associate it. But even putting that aside, I actually appreciate the rhetoric because um, it's making it clearer to consumers and to the public in general like the trade-offs between the different business models and they actually have a better understanding of what there is that, that they're purchasing, right? Like, okay, I'm going to get this Google service. I bet you that there's a pretty vast majority of the population that use Google services that don't understand quite the extent to which that Google takes all that information, packages it up into this precise little understanding of people and and sells it off to advertisers. And... Um, Similarly, like the the Apple Open thing, I, I bet you there are people who don't think about that. And if people value privacy, or 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 they don't, or they value openness, or they don't, like now it's not just looking at the product. There's actually a little bit of the the principle um, and the understanding of of what goes into it that that means they have a something else to something else to decide on. And I actually think it's great that this is actually coming to the forefront. The problem, though, is just as Google overstated the openness thing, uh, Apple is doing the same thing with the privacy thing. The reality is the far worse violators of privacy are ad networks and particularly the non-Google ones. Like all these ad tech companies that you hear about have no idea what they do. What they do is they Mm. serially violate your privacy. To a far greater degree than it does, they and the credit card companies that sell your data and all these all these companies that track your purchases and these loyalty cards. Like the reality is, your privacy and what you do online is is far more compromised than anything Google has done. And frankly, for all Google's creepiness, I trust them more than these random yahoos running most of these ad networks. Not Yahoo, the company, yeah. but. Um, right. And, no, and, I, I, and so if Apple, if Apple actually felt this way, why don't they ship all their products with an ad blocker? Why so, don't they ship with cookies turned off? Why don't they, why do they push the, why do they have iAds? Why don't they help their developers monetize in a meaningful way so they don't depend on ads that violate people's privacy? Mm-hmm. The reality is, is Apple at the end of the day cares about Apple and Apple's business model. And they're talking hypocritically when they say that they have these deep seated reverence for privacy. If they actually did, if that was their first order priority, they would do a lot of things differently, starting with developers, starting with ads, and they don't. So uh, let me, let me try and counter that with um, as bad as the ad networks are. I actually think that it's, um, it's governments trying to get into your personal information that actually poses a, a much more dangerous threat um, from a privacy perspective when viewed through the societal lens. Like we, we the the idea that the NSA can go and read something that you've written, um, I, I think that that's actually a that's that's. That to me is, yeah, it's bad that the ad networks know where you're going. It's bad that they're selling the data to advertisers. I, I don't like that at all. But I, I think from a the the importance of, of free speech and and so on and so forth and all the bad things that start to happen when when governments are able to peer over your shoulder and know what you're doing 
and the the way that Apple's business model is is built and the way that they're able to do things like encryption with iMessage, like Google are fundamentally not able to do that. Google needs to be able to read the contents of your email so it can understand what you're sending so it can sell ads on top of you. Apple doesn't need to do that. So they're they're able to encrypt messages that are being sent in such a way that prevents, um, that, that precludes the need to for them to read your email, which then precludes, well, I won't say email because email is an open standard and it's probably, it's it's compromised, but something like iMessage, right? I don't think Google could do iMessage. Apple definitely could. And there's a privacy angle from the advertising lens and there's a privacy angle from the government or the societal lens. And I actually think this last one is more dangerous. Okay, that's fine. But I don't see how that justifies like this rhetoric that, that Cook Unleashed that was primarily focused on on Google and, and things like Google Photos and and Facebook. And the the problem, mm. the issue is, the issue isn't just the kind of like that it's way over the top in a way that I thought Google was over the top previously and I disliked it then and I dislike it now. Mm. The problem, the the real danger for Apple is is that they start believing it. And and what I mean by that is is they start to believe that this matters and it matters to normal consumers and that it will make a difference in their products. And I'm not sure that's the case. And w- let me explain what I mean. We talked about the web, right? The open web. Mm-hmm. Remember when, when, when Apple came along and there was the app, the app store and people were moving to apps and there was a segment of people that raised a big stink about it. They're mostly quiet now because they've utterly and totally lost. <laughs> but, but the idea that, uh, why? Why would you embrace the open web, right? Going to a closed garden, having a gatekeeper, all this stuff, and and going on and on about how terrible it was. And there were companies that bought into that, that didn't invest in apps, that 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 fell behind. And the reason was because they bought into a, an ideology that normal people didn't care about. Mm. Normal people loved apps. They loved using them. They enjoyed using them. And that's where the market went. And there were companies that suffered for their delay in acknowledging the reality of what people care about versus the ideology of what Silicon Valley said was important. The concern for Apple in this is that the more Cook ramps up the rhetoric and the more they buy into this, if all all evidence is that normal people just don't care. And if that is the case, Apple risks making bad product decisions under-investing in areas that they need to compete in, like things like Google Now and, 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 and similar sorts of products, because they believed in ideological position. That, and when I say ideological position, I don't mean ideological position would be fine. I'm not saying that that's not a moral judgment on whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like that might not align with the way normal people think. And the problem with that, it's not it, – it's, it's a – it's a self-imposed sort of blindness, right? Because the more you say this is right and they are wrong, when you get into questions of right and wrong, you're reducing the amount of compromise. You're reducing the gray area. You're reducing your wiggle room. Mm-hmm. And and if that wiggle room is where you need to go in the future, it's going to be that much harder to make a change. No, I I think that's a very well articulated point. Um, I it's it's <laughs> I think I think that's a very well articulated point. I. I wonder how much of it is Cook talking rhetoric, though, and how much of it relates to this earlier conversation 
that we had around business models and culture. And it's actually that the business model and the culture is talking. Uh, it's it's a, like Apple's fundamentally going to struggle to compete here, so they're going to they're going to take what they can get, and they're going to they're going to uh, yeah. I mean, it, it makes it even harder again to compete here when that rhetoric is there because you're right, casting it in right or wrong. I hadn't I hadn't thought about the impact that then has on the culture, or it then has on your ability to turn around and do if you need to do the same thing in the future, how it impacts that. I. I th- it's a it's a fantastic point. Well, and, and this is and this is where you get into the <laughs> being like when I overdid it before and talked about being blind and and I and ideologues like the 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 fact of the matter is if uh, the, your privacy is being serially violated and that's why with the ad blocker discussion like that was the one reason I was willing to kind of give in on it right because you're making deals with these sites you don't even know what the deal you're making mm. and and I get that and I understand that um like there's but I mean if you're not willing to go like a Richard Stallman sort of existence yeah. right no credit cards and and everything turned off and text browsers and all, all this sorts of stuff, like open source software that you compile yourself or whatever. Like I, it's like we're, we're old, right? We're, 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 we're technically generation X. Um, like we're actually kind of Gen Y. No, no, we're not. Yeah, we are. No, I looked it up today. Uh, It's it's 1980s. Uh, no, well, Gen Y is now officially millennials, which is 1984. Apparently. Oh, I, I'm reading. I'm refusing to give up on the fact I'm Gen Y. We well, can fight there, about there, that there, later. <laughs> there, there's, there's a great article that called it the um, the Oregon Trail generation. Yeah, and, I saw that. It was really good. And it, 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 it's kind of like a smaller generation. It's kind of like 10 years or so where when we were kids, there were no computers. And when we were adults, there was computers everywhere. But we were young enough that we fully adapted, yet we still have the memory of what came before. Right. Right. It's actually a very unique place to be that I, I think I think benefits me, frankly, in mm. what I do at Stratechery and benefits us on this podcast because right. we have a I think a it's kind of sitting on the top of the fence. Right. You can see both sides mm. for what they are as opposed to, you know, looking through the, 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 the slits, as it were. And um, you can't talk about fences without me thinking about that, that, that. Uh, oh, the barbed wire. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The colorful Australian metaphor of one foot either side of a barbed wire fence, but I don't think that applies here. Anyway, no, but, but, but we haven't brought it up for a while, so it was, it was worth. <laughs> worth it. The, the thing about it is, though, when you start to see services like Google Now, and they start getting really good, which they will, and people still see real benefit to using them, which they will, people. That that they're going to want the service so much that people are going to willingly give up their data. That they, they the the value of what that will be able to provide that 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 the cloud is able to provide by understanding all the data, getting a holistic point of view, and being able to say, oh, by the way, you have a meeting and it's in another place, and because of the traffic conditions, you need to leave right now, or you're not going to make it on time. Like that is super valuable, and that's what having all that data up there enables. And I, I think it's, I think it's, it's inevitable. And I think if, um, I, I don't like the privacy implications for doing so, but you think about, 
I mean, I'm also a believer in the in the open internet, but you think about how fantastic using an iPhone or an Android device is and using all the apps. Like, yeah, these aren't closed things, but the benefit, these aren't open things rather, but the benefit is so great that you're willing to, people just- Everything's a trade-off. That, right, and the people don't even realize the principle, you know, it's just like, oh, wow, isn't this friggin' cool? It's It's just like, look at this app. I press this button and I have this thing and it lets me call a car or whatever. You know, it's just that, that people don't even realize it's happening. Yeah, I, I I know that's that, and that is a a a powerful argument that people are trading away their privacy, don't even realize they're doing it, and and that's the potential upside to which I think you were, you pointed out before to what Tim Cook is doing is that maybe people will become aware of what's happening and will start to prioritize it, and if that ever does be the case, obviously that's greatly at Apple's benefit, uh, financial benefit, uh, business benefit. Because of their their business model and to Google and Facebook's detriment, um, I I just I don't know. I have trouble with any sort of arguments or positions that are based on other people being stupid. Like, yes, there's there's a degree. I'm sure people don't know the extent to which they're being tracked, but I think people, you know, they're they're aware. Like they they people aren't dumb. There's a reason why teens gravitated to Snapchat at the beginning and the, you know, the idea of like it being temporary and, and, and ephemeral, like they, cause they know that stuff gets stuff's around forever on Facebook, right? Like people, I don't know. I, I, I don't buy this, that people are just stupid. And if we educate them, then they will mm-hmm. see the light that, 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 that attitude always irks me no matter where it manifests itself. Well, that's a that's a little bit true. The counter of that was that fantastic John Oliver episode on um, what's his show called? Yeah. The news. Wait, uh, where? Yeah, with the the, the dick. Pic. Yeah, the dick pics. Where like no one gives a no one gives a stuff about government surveillance. Like, oh yeah, they're just catching bad guys. And then he asks, oh, would you be okay with the government looking at if your husband or, or, or whatever sent you dick pics? Would you be okay with the government looking at it? And then people are like, what the hell? Of course not. And it's it's partly the framing of it. And I I think the the I don't think it's the the argument of stupid people. I I, I what you just described. Like if there's an argument that relies on stupid people, I think that's I think you're exactly right. I I, I wonder if the the um, catalyst for people getting upset around something like this is going to be something really bad happens. Like suddenly someone's able to get up into the cloud and get people's pictures or something. Don't, I don't even know what it might be, but I wonder if there's some catastrophic privacy breach that makes people realize. But short of that, I don't I don't really know what it would be. Well, didn't that kind of happen last year? I mean, it wasn't a, a breach. It was social engineering, but people got the, all those iCloud pictures of celebrities and do you know how normal people reacted? They didn't. They didn't say, "Oh my gosh, like my privacy." They said, "Ooh, let me see." They, they, they. You even said that in an appropriately creepy voice. Yeah, I mean, when, 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 when it came right down to it, people fell all over themselves to violate someone else's privacy. I, I mean, they, they would. I wonder if um, it had happened to them, or it happened on such a massive scale that it could have happened to anybody. It's one thing when it happens to somebody else and or when it happens to a celebrity. I think people kind of expect that, you know, there are all kinds of ways to violate celebrities' privacy. When it starts happening en masse so that someone could reach in and pull pictures of you down, um, 
that's when people will start to like, oh, I'm not sure I like that too right, much. Right, but again, we're, we're way off base here. Like we're talking about like a, 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 a some privacy or some break-in. And frankly, uh, I would, again, rather have Google protecting my stuff than just about anybody else, right? If anyone's going to know how to protect and secure and harm their network, it's going to be Google. Like, yeah, it, it, I, I, so I'm not sure how, well, I think how this bears on the private information point. Well, or advertising advertising profile point. I mean, because again, it 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 doesn't bear on the advertising profile point. It only bears on the other half of Cook's speech, which is if they've got it up in the cloud and it has to be readable because they need to understand it to serve ads on top of it. Then, because they can read it, they, the government can insist they read it to them. That's where I start to. <laughs> I could not pull you away from there. No, you can't. Like that's what that's what it, like if, well, if I don't know what that has have, to do with with privacy. Like this is a separate debate. But it is it's the ultimate well, it's not the no, ultimate. No, you're you're right? talking about like not putting stuff in the cloud at all. Like and go, Apple's not arguing that. Like well, well, just I, I Okay, yeah, no, no no, maybe I'm being unfair. I honestly don't understand why you keep jumping to this. Um so I'm totally serious. I, I maybe I'm missing something. So, so again, like you think about, um, think about two communication products that, like, that each of the the separate, uh, each of Google and Apple have created: Gmail versus iMessage. Like, that's the distinction. iMessage, Apple doesn't need to because they're not serving ads on it. Like, there's the advertising side, but but to enable the advertising side of things, which means you need to read and understand, someone can come along and subpoena that data and because you can read it, you can you can give it you have to give it up. But Apple's able to say, because we don't need to serve ads on top of it, we can actually encrypt your data in such a way that we don't need to see it. And if a government comes along and asks for it, we don't actually have the key. Now I'm not necessarily sure that that's how they structure their cloud services, but can Conceivably, they could do that, right? They could say uh, you, you could do all the facial recognition processing locally on the on the on a computer where it's all done in in photos, for example, and that data is uploaded to the cloud, encrypted, and you're the only one with the key, um, and therefore no one else can read it but you. Apple can't read it, and therefore the government can't read it unless they they turn their massive NSA supercomputers onto it. In which case, all bets are off. But it becomes much harder for for like a, a law enforcement or, or whoever or 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 a government that's to, to come along and say, "Show me what's there." Whereas Google's never able to do that because they need to see everything because they need to see it to understand it to serve ads on it. Okay. Um- does that, am, am I am I am I off base? Uh, well, I, uh, so I mean, Apple and I presume Google as well. I mean, they encrypt your information, but they have to have a key. Because that's how you can view it in a, in a web browser, view it online, um, like photos or 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 all that all that sort of stuff. So I mean, yes, theoretically they could have it where it's all encrypted locally and you own your key. But that's that's no, it's a service that no one's going to want to use. It's going to be a, a, a it's going to be more costly to to do one and two. No one's going to want to use it because the user experience is going to stink. 
I, I'm going to take your word for it because I don't understand enough of how that works to, to say categorically. But I, I, so I, I like I, I mean, like I know, for example, with iMessage, Apple doesn't see any of the contents of the messages, right? But I know no, you're, that you're, can't you're, be true for Gmail. Uh, it's not true for, for, for iCloud either. Um, messages are encrypted end to end. Apple doesn't see them. And that's part of the reason why syncing always gets screwed up. Um, with messages. Uh, but that's also why there's no messages. You can only view messages through a client, right? There's no messages on the web. Um, right. iCloud uh, is no different than Gmail. Uh, it's just as secure or, I mean, it's, it's it encrypted right. between your computer and the cloud, but when it's in the cloud, Apple has to have a key to decrypt it so that you can mm. view it in a browser, right? Uh, if you wanted to have end to end email encryption, you wouldn't be able to view it in a browser. Uh, so, so no, it's the exact same as Gmail. Uh, Google could, with Hangouts, um, uh, theoretically, uh, you know, do end-to-end encryption. They don't. Um, again, mm. maybe because they want to snoop in your data and serve ads, or maybe it's because so you can use Hangouts in a browser. I mean, there's 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 real there's real trade-offs here. And mm. no, totally. And, uh, I, I I don't like if you are worried about the government snooping your data, just using Apple services is not going to get you very far. Like you need to take far more drastic steps. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, but I also think that if there are enough people, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And your point around iCloud is, is well made. I, um, I am probably coming at this from a more, um, uh, abstract or conceptual point of view rather than the reality of it and really you know uh, i i'm i don't really care well i'm not uploading all my photos into the well i probably am through icloud sharing so there you go like i it's probably more that the idea of the i'm probably thinking (laughs) we, we i'm reflecting the fact that i think through the business model and how that impacts the privacy of things and i'm probably neglecting to actually think about all the realities of it. But let's say that privacy did become a thing that that they really wanted to do. Apple have the option of doing it. But of course, you're right. Like the fact that you can view it through a browser, it does, it's it's negated. It, the difference is meaningless. And in fact, Google probably have better cloud privacy for all their stuff than Apple does. Well, I just, I mean, they're just better at the cloud in general. I, I think mm. I think we got way off base here by bringing in the government angle, frankly. Um, because my fault. No, it's okay. The, the, the reality, the implementation details, fair point on messages. Messages is encrypted end to end, and that so fair point there. Um, and and Hangouts isn't. Um, again, but there's a user experience cost to that. Uh, but uh, except except for that, the the reality of data and government access to it or not is the same for both companies. Yep. And so I think. focusing on the government is a little bit of a red herring in this discussion. The big difference is Apple has the data and they choose not to do as much processing against it, uh, at least in their telling because they don't need to, because they don't advertise via ads. And cook is saying Google does do all this processing and looks into you and your family photos because they want to sell you ads. And, and yes, and so that and that's a business model difference, and it's true. On the flip side, uh, the Google can give you better stuff. 
the more they process, the more they know, the more they they get into what you're doing and what you've uploaded, the better services they can provide you. Right. And the question is, in the long run, will people prioritize a better user experience or will they prioritize privacy? And I think I think your your point is very well made. I think that the the parallel with apps around openness is going to play out exactly the same way around uh, around this topic. I think people will willingly give up more data in the future to uh, to get that increased user experience because with things like now you can just do crazy stuff that you can't do if you don't have that data. And the the other thing is it's kind of interesting because Apple's experience to date has been built on delivering a superior user experience. And in this new arena, in this cloud arena, they are proudly crowing about the fact that we will deliver an inferior user experience. Kind of weird. Uh Well, yeah, I mean, to to understand to understand the implications of what uh, of what Cook is saying, that's exactly what he's saying. But I I I was I would imagine that if you were to if you were to get him in a weak moment and ask him what he was really saying, he was like, "Well, we're not boasting about an inferior user experience. We are actually doing it because, well." You know, maybe you're right. Like it's it's about the privacy because this is the positive spin on on the way things are going to play out, and so we're going to go for the privacy angle. Right. It's totally rational, right? Like that, mm. that's exactly what they should do. Just as Apple, or sorry, just as Google should have pushed the open angle, right, and painted Apple as the bad guy. From a strictly tactical perspective, it made sense. Even and I might not have liked it, and but that's just the way it was. They were behind. They Apple was ahead. Apple had the superior product, had the superior ecosystem, had the superior platform. Uh, so they they should have attacked hmm. Apple orthogonally. And and on the flip side, it's it, it's it's the exact it's the exact same thing. I think you know where just to take this full circle. The big question is is where where does this inflection point come? And if it does, when, when does it come? Where you we tip over where the the integration that matters isn't the hardware software; it's the software cloud. And, and, and will that, will that come or will the the other big question is the reality is, is Apple and Google as always are natural, are natural compliments. Like Mm. the, they have different business models. They, they were never meant to compete. Apple's competitors are Samsung and, and HTC and, and Xiaomi, Right. They, they're they're the ones with the same business models that are selling phones. Google, like it, this, is a great example of letting ideology get in the way of, of 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 making smart, pragmatic business decisions. Like the way that that Steve Jobs just went nuts about Android copying. I, I mean, I I get it. Like I know you put a lot of hard work on the phone, but man, you got the benefit. I mean, Apple Apple's market value has increased like seven times since the iPhone came out. Like they, they were richly, richly rewarded and they continue to be richly rewarded. And frankly, once the iPhone comes out, how else are you going to design a phone? Of course, it's going to be a black rectangle. Of course, they're going to be apps that are square. I mean, like window, everyone wants to praise Windows Phone because, oh, it was different. They did something different that was unique. Yeah, you know how different it was? It sold Nothing because it was crap. It was the wrong way to do it. The right way has already been figured out. And 
like in the Apple just got so for a few years there, got so wrapped up in it. And frankly, Google did too. I think this is why Andy Rubin got fired because he got so wrapped yeah. up in Android versus Apple when Android was only ever a, a means for Google. It was not the end. Android was a means of making sure Google had access to the mobile market and wasn't shut out by Microsoft. Like that's the well, reason it existed. The the point I was going to actually make was uh, it related exactly to that, which is the last time there was a company using this kind of rhetoric, it was it was Google about um, you know Apple Apple well, it was Ruben right uh, about Apple not being open and look at how that played out. Look at <laughs> look at where he is right now, and it kind of concerns me that the, the, there might be a parallel here that that when you see executives reaching for uh, the rhetoric angle that it's actually a it's actually a, a foreshadowing that actually that time might be close around your point that um, that Google and Apple are complementary I would agree with that I think the question though is that uh, each will be jostling with each other to extract the value from the competitor, uh, from the customer, even if they're complementary, even if the customer needs both Apple and Apple or wants an Apple device and to use a Google service. As, as one becomes more important, that company will try and extract more value from the other. And you saw that with Apple charging um, Google for a default search fee. I, I think that yeah, they might be complementary, but as these cloud services become more and more important, it will give Google more and more clout in equivalent negotiations with Apple over over because uh, equivalent negotiations because those cloud services become more important because consumers are less concerned about the hardware experience and more concerned about about all these intelligent things that you can do when all that data is up there. Yeah, well, part of it too is just I mean, it's human nature. Right. Mm. I mean, part part of the one of the reasons Apple went into maps was not just that maps are important, but it was because Google wouldn't share turn by turn data with them. Right. And Google also wanted to when they were renegotiating the deal, Google wanted to put in way more advertisements in, in, mm. in, in, in into maps. And one, the advertisement angle was Google trying to get a bigger share of your pie, to your point exactly. The not sharing turn-by-turn turn stuff was the and Andy, I believe it was Andy Rubin, like trying to differentiate Android. But the the net result was Google lost. They lost maps and they lost a ton of data, a lot, a lot of really important, powerful, useful data. Like what data is, is more compelling than someone what they're doing with maps, right? Um, and and they they overreached and they and, and they lost it. And I think the the tendency to overreach is probably just endemic, right? They may right. be complementary, but the reality of of humanity and the reality of of these massive corporations that have very different visions about the world and the reality of of share of wallet being what it is, like yeah, maybe it's impossible, even if theoretically right. it ought to be. Or, or that it's really a defensive move because if you don't. Uh, if you don't build up this capability yourself, you leave yourself very exposed to someone else deciding that they're going to overreach, right? So e even even if in a in a in the the theoretically perfect situation, neither well, ever each company focuses on their own thing. If you haven't built up an equivalent service, if you if 
if if you haven't built up a mapping service and Google decides that they're going to withhold it makes uh, withhold the turn by turn directions it makes you that much more vulnerable to it and that's why there's this escalating tension that's why the, that's where I think this competition comes from it's not necessarily that they have overreached it's that they've seen instances of the other one overreaching or reaching into the other's domain and the best defense against that is to be there before they already before they do yeah, I, I suppose it's one of those things where the what's optimal for society is different than what is optimal for kind of like the individual companies. But I mean, that's 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 the that's the tax that you pay for um, in a, a capitalistic enterprise. Yeah, and, it's um, competition at work. right? Yeah, no, exactly. The, the, the other angle that's interesting, we won't talk about now, we're, we're way over Um but is the the Google versus Uber thing. I think it, it's oh, yeah, in this in this angle, it's interesting to think about as well. That is very interesting, particularly given that a Google through its venture arm, which admittedly is independent, is actually an investor in Uber, right? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's it's a big mess. Um, but yeah, that that will be a a a battle, battle royale. I was just gonna say battle royale. Uh yes, battle royale. All right. Well, we I think we've gone over. Um, we'll probably do 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 an edit there, but hopefully my recording is good, so we will actually get this out. Uh, yes, yeah, or, or like well, I I, th- I think there's a high likelihood because I don't recall you saying I was right at any point in time. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. That I, that's not the reason why the I last just, podcast appeared. I just, in I the just. in the in the last podcast, I believe that James was right and I was wrong. <laughs> Um, oh wow! I'm all of a sudden getting worried about the status of this recording now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry. Well, I, I will. I will. I, I'm going to go <laughs> lick my wounds. Oh, I, I was the one that derailed us this week. So yeah, I, I probably need to do a little bit of that as well myself. No worries. Uh, no, I'm going to edit that all out. So don't. So now people are going to wonder what you're talking about. All right. All right. Well, Ben's making me look good this week. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. I will talk to you later. See you, mate. Bye-bye.